You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We're so grateful, Abba, that you love us so much. Thank you for all that you are constantly doing in our lives. We thank you for your manifest presence already here today. Thank you because your spirit is ready to teach us, to nourish us, to refresh us with the truth of your word. Thank you so much because we will be perfect, complete and lacking nothing by the entrance of your word into our hearts and into our lives. Thank you because your word will do its work in us. It will do a quick work in us um, and our lives will be transformed. We will not live here the same in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Okay, um, and I also want to very specially appreciate faithfulness. Thank you so much. God bless you. Please help me appreciate you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Why do I feel like I'm so far behind? Is it me? Okay, God bless you, faithfulness. And uh, just as she was sharing, a scripture came to mind that I want to declare over someone here today. And it's in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Um, I'm reading the Passion Translation. It says, for although we live in the natural realm, we do not wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. And so in the name of the Lord Jesus, we demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and we break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We declare that we capture like prisoners of war every thought and we insist that it bows in obedience to the anointed one in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. All right, so um, this entire, well, okay, it's a new month, but last month, September, we started a series, a teaching series um, across all of the Elevation Church. Um, elevation churches, yes, um, Life Point Church inclusive, and it's, it was tagged living and loving. And today we're wrapping it all up. So we've had very interesting sessions just discussing with people. We, we've had the likes of Pastor Dami up here on stage, share with us her journey from singlehood, dating, and, and eventually getting married, and just dealing with vulnerability in a courtship relationship or in a dating relationship and even in marriage. Uh, the previous week we had um, Pastor Felicia and uh, Ejiro, we had Detail Bojes, you know, and uh, Esohe share with us uh, and, and we were talking about just uh, oneness and we're having conversations regarding relationships, you know, the do's, the don'ts and just um, positioning for marriage. So we're wrapping it all up today. And we will be discussing what has been tagged, spice up your life. Can you help me say to someone, spice up your life? Spice up your life. We've been talking spices this entire month. If you're just joining us online for the very first time, hi, welcome. And if, you're, if it's your first time here at the Life Point Church, we've been talking about spices, okay? Different types of spices. I'm sure you're thinking cummins and um, coriander, parsley and, you know, magi or whatever other type of spice there that exists. Um, yeah, but not quite in those terms. We've been talking about spices that enable us live whole lives, um, relationally, physically, spiritually, and just all-round wholeness, okay? Um, the first spice we talked about was priority. The second spice was pursuit. 
The third spice was oneness. And last week we discussed vulnerability in relationships. So just general relationships, business relationships. Uh, but more importantly, we zoned in on, um, you know, dating and marriage um, type relationships. Okay. So we continue today. Spice up your life. Um, and something happened to me. Um, I think it was last week. Yes. I was having, I have a seven-year-old daughter and I was having a a discussion with her um, nighttime. So we always have, um, we studied the Bible together and we debrief it. Um, so it was a story of Abraham and how he had to sacrifice Isaac. For those who know my daughter, you know she's very intense and she's... Anyway, we started talking and I was just speaking very passionately. A three-year-old and a seven-year-old were just looking at me very intently. And I was just talking, you know, obedience. That's how you have to obey mommy and daddy all the time, no matter what the instructions they give you. You know, you can see how Abraham obeyed God. See how he, you know, there was nothing God asked Abraham to do that he would not have done. Look at, God said, go and sacrifice your only son. By the time I entered that dimension, the alarm bells went off in my head. Because my seven-year-old daughter, I just know she was very, looking at me very intently. Then she leaned close and literally put her head like close to my neck. And she was like, I have a question. Aha. And she goes, so mom, are you saying to me, we have to do everything God says? I said, yes. So if God says, says to you that you should kill me, are you going to do that? I knew I'd been set up life. <laughs> And uh, I started aiming and humming. Um, so, um, uh, Zoe, you see, um, so you see, we need to do everything God says. But you see, God, but I thought, mommy, I thought you said God doesn't change because I, was, I then said to her, you see, God won't ask us to do those types of things now. I mean, he won't ask us to kill people. And you see, the truth is he really didn't want Abraham. He wasn't going, he had already made a provision. Abraham was not going to kill Isaac. He just wanted to test him. So, but mommy, you said God doesn't change. So does that mean that he can still give you such an instruction now. I said, well, I just someone who said, yes, he can. However, he's not going to tell me to kill you. He'll say I should sacrifice you. <laughs> and she goes, so what's the difference between killing me and sacrificing me? I said, sacrificing you is that I will just take you to church and hand you over to Pastor Godman and says, the Lord has said we should release you. And besides, baby girl, I already sacrificed you the day you were born. I already gave you to God, you know. So I then had to speak about sacrificing and not necessarily killing and all. I just realized, man, they don't give you manual for getting married and they don't, you know, tell you the kind of questions you're going to have to answer by the time you're, you start to have kids and all of that stuff. And I, by the time I was done, and I was sharing with my husband, he had a good laugh. But for me, it, it stayed with me because I'm like, Marriage is not for children, honestly. It's not for babies. It's not. And that is not to scare anybody here. But you see, everything that we do, God prepares us <laughs> for the task ahead. And that's the truth. I can't guarantee you that I would always have all the right answers. I want to. Because that was a classic, you know, I, I, I was stuck between how, do I, how deep do I go in this theology for a seven-year-old and just helping her understand the concept of obeying God in its entirety? Knowing that even I, growing up, I struggled with this for the longest time. That there were aspects of my life that I would withdraw 
and say, you know what, God, this part. I mean, you don't even say it in direct terms. You just withhold. And he would instruct you. You know he's saying to you very specifically, I need for you to give up this area of your life for me. But then we struggle. We struggle. The same confusion a seven-year-old had in her mind and she's just wondering what kind of God would say to kill their own child. Like, you know, and she used very, she qualified herself. She, she didn't even say to me, she said, you know, your first daughter and I know you love me very much, mommy. So would you really do it? And while we talk about spices, that, that incident has just got me meditating more and more on the depth of God's love for us. How deep his love goes for us. You know, and how that could, what would have happened if Abraham had said no? I guess a lot of the things we talk about today First, even starting from how we attribute um, him being the father of faith. We attribute that role to him. I guess that would not have been in place. Fundamentally, however it is we, we, we choose for our lives to pan out, your personal desires over and above God's desire for you. You are currently in a phase of life and you are struggling to understand how does God say he loves me or, you know, he loves me and, and I'm, not, I'm not quite seeing the effect of it in this particular area of my life. How am I supposedly in love with someone who I'm struggling to understand his expression of love for me in XYZ area? I want you to just sit back and follow me as we go on this journey, and let's unravel it together, okay? So, um, whatever state of life you are in at, whether things are working, things aren't working the way you want them to, things are amazing, absolutely fantastic for you, the reality is there is more. There is more to the life God has given you. There is more to the life that he has called you to live. And a lot of times, we don't get into the fullness of that more because certain things hold us back. Certain things hold us down. And we want to address those things this morning. So I'm going to start with negative emotions. Negative emotions. For someone, yours is probably rejection. You have been rejected severally. And so the concept of um, being loved through and through, being accepted, you know, you find it very strange or very difficult to relate to. In fact, because you have suffered so much rejection, either in your relationships or maybe even in your career path or business, you wanted to do business for a bit, you have put together proposals, submitted them, but yet, nothing has come you know, forward. Everybody keeps saying to you what you don't want to hear. You want people to invest in your business, but yes, they're, they're saying something completely different. You're looking for a job in a particular industry. They're telling you you don't have the skill set. You don't have the charisma. You don't, you, know, you don't have what it takes. And it just looks like your life has been defined by this rejection. You know, someone said that 
the view of life that we have oftentimes is informed by our past experiences, a sum total of our past experiences. And so you are at that point where you're feeling like, no, I have, I'm not even doing this anymore. I'm not going to put forward myself anymore regarding business. No, I will just stay and grow, you know, follow the ladder. Whenever the organization decides to promote, I'm not going to put myself out there. I'm not going to try and attempt to get into a certain type of industry. For someone else, it's that you've written exams and you have failed. And as such, it has, you have that stamp in your mind's eye. Failure, you know, it looks as if you can't get past it. But this morning, we're trusting God that all such um, strongholds, all such limitations that exist will be broken in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, um, for some, it is anger. And I'm going to dwell a bit on anger. Because we've been talking relationships. And I know that, I mean, I'm not sure that there's anybody here that I know, like one-to-one that has told me, God has said to me that I am not getting married. I mean, if you're that person, I would love to meet you. Because I know that God does, I mean, say to a few people, I guess, but I've not met that person just yet. And I would really love to meet you, that you know God has categorically told you. It's one thing if it is for a season, it is one thing if it is that you know that at this phase of my life, what God would have me do is just focus on him and maybe on ministry or just doing stuff in service to him. And a relationship at this time would be a distraction. That is a season. But if it is a permanent situation, I would really love to meet you. However, um, speaking about anger, and just how it affects, how it's such a strong negative emotion and it affects us from enjoying the fruits of, of, of relationships, of, of beneficial relationships, beneficial partnerships, beneficial collaborations, you know. Um, we see Jesus would say, oh sorry, it was Paul actually in um, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 6 to 27. He says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. I remember growing up and just thinking, um, the way they always spoke about anger, as if you're not even permitted to be angry as a Christian. Like if you display any emotion of anger as a born-again Christian, you are looked at as though you have sinned, you know. But that's not what it is. You can get angry. It is okay to be angry. In fact, Jesus got angry when he saw people doing stuff that he didn't like or approve of. In fact, a few times he got angry with the Pharisees and Sadducees and he would use very strong words against them, call them brood of vipers, you know, and things like that. So, it's okay to get angry. But it is not okay to stay angry. And we find that the effects of anger, if not curbed or addressed or dealt with, immediately just creates a negative lasting impact in our lives and in our relationships. So for example, someone who's suffered rejection or failure or you know, some sort of shame or condemnation or guilt, and you can directly attribute the source to an individual. In fact, some people are still angry with their parents for things that have been said to them several years back for things that have been done several years back. You're still nursing that pain and you're struggling to let go. They say this whole thing around forgive and forget. I personally believe, and this is just my personal opinion, 
There are incidences that I've experienced in my life, negative occurrences that I struggle to remember the fine details now, just thinking back. But do I remember something bad happened to me? Do I remember that I was abused at some point? Do I remember? Of course. But when I think about such, how does it make me feel? When I think about the perpetrators, for example, how do I feel towards them? So sometimes we put ourselves in a box as Christians and we say you have to forgive and forget. If you have experienced a life-changing um, negative uh, experience, I don't have another word to call it. It's hard to forget. It takes time. You know, the Holy Spirit has to work on you to heal. For some people, healing is instant. For some, it's a process. And so wherever you are, whatever state or stage or face you are in your journey, Paul has encouraged, be angry, but do not sin. Because what you do with your anger determines how your life's events turn out. Some people have, some of us have burnt bridges that God did not intend for us to burn, but we burnt them out of anger. Some of us have, dis, have hurt people with words that we're struggling to be able to take back. Because once they're out there, they're there. We've hurt parents. Parents have hurt us. In fact, that's been so rampant. I've been working with teenagers as a teenager myself. I started working with teenagers as a teenager. And I remember going to school, secondary schools then in my first year in uni and just having conversations and you just hear different things. What parents have said to some children that has literally damaged them for a long while and they're struggling to come out of it. In fact, I, I remember meeting some students who did not feel like they could amount to anything because of the things their parents had said to them and about them, constantly saying it, which is why we say to parents, be very mindful of the words you speak because your words, in fact, it's to everyone actually, not whether you're a parent or not. Scripture says that, you know, uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so whatever you want to see is what you need to, to say. You want to experience, I mean, nobody plans to want to experience death. Nobody deliberately says, I want to see my situation die. I want to see it, you know, I, I want to see my finances begin to die. Nobody says that. But there are certain words you can keep saying. There are certain, you know, confessions or declarations you keep making. You don't know, but you keep saying it till it's ingrained in your mind and it becomes your reality. And so we're saying today, whatever it is that may have happened in your past, that has left you in a state of anger, of bitterness. It needs to be dealt with. And may I encourage you to please do not go back with it. Do not leave this auditorium until you make peace with God regarding that particular issue. So if it be someone who has offended you, if it is some situation that has caused you to, you know, to hurt so badly that you have then taken a stand, and you have said to yourself, never will I marry from a certain tribe. Never will I have anything to do with a light-skinned boy or a brown-skinned girl. Never will I, you know, we, 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 we say these things. Never will I let any man treat me as doormats. So any sign, anything that looks like it, and that anything that looks like it might just be the guy saying, ah, so what's going on? I, trying to engage you in a conversation 
and then you all you, all your sparks are flying all over the place because you are remembering your ex and how that he always starts his arguments with what's going on with you, what's wrong with you. Once you hear that what's wrong with you from any other person like this, your mind enters that zone. And so you filter whatever, you, you cannot see any good coming out of that conversation because your, your guards are up, your walls, they've come up, your defenses all up. That is what anger does. So when you are in a state of perpetual anger, nothing good can come out of it. When Paul would advise, do not sin, do not let it lead you into sin. He knew what he was talking about. We've seen people get married today and th those homes are broken. They are broken because someone has anger issues or someone is carrying the baggage from their past, which they have not dealt with, bringing it into a home and then at the slightest provocation. And I mean, how do you expect to marry and you think you guys won't offend each other? Please help me understand it. Is it even possible? Your, your, your siblings, don't you guys offend one another? How then do you expect that, oh, I have been dating someone for, oh my God, we've been together for five years. You know, I, I basically know him in and out. I expect that, I mean, he treats me with so much. Hey, you were dating then. Did you hear, did you hear what you said? Dating. We dated for five years. When you marry, it's a different ball game entirely. Because you become naked and unashamed. You become one-to-one. -one. That's equals one. So there's no more forming. Which is why we encourage people in counseling, couples in counseling. See, don't, the, the norm is for when you date, that's like you, you put your best foot forward. And then when you marry, you can like be anyhow. No. Keep the fire aflame. But let me stick with anger. Because we've spoken, if you, if you missed all those previous uh, messages, please go and watch them on, or listen to them on SoundCloud. Or watch them on YouTube. So, what is the first thing we do with our anger? Don't deny it exists. Some of us are living in denial. You have refused to face up or own up to the fact that you are hurt, that you are broken, that you have suffered rejection and is doing you somehow, is hurting you seriously. But until you address that, until you deal with it, what happens is you keep carrying that pain into your next relationship and into the next and into the next because it has not been addressed. So you need to get to that place where you just, God, I'm done. I can't continue like this. I need for you to, this needs to end. Otherwise, you start having the same, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but you, you attract a certain type of people and then you find yourself in, in, in a pattern it, pretty much the same thing happening to you over and over and over again. When Paul will say, be angry and do not sin. I mean, putting this in the context of relationships. Sometimes our anger has allowed us to take certain positions where we have decided, oh, we're not going to get married. But I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to have a child for some rich guy. You know, he's going to pay my bills. In fact, I don't need him to pay my bills. I'm an independent woman. I make a lot of money. I just need to have a child. And for some, it is no. Or for a guy, it is, 
I'm just going to go on a rampage. I don't know how many of you remember one of the God experiences shared here. I'm not going to mention his name, but he did speak to us about just going on a rampage because he had been, he had suffered so much rejection and he's, he, he just started doing anyhow with women, just breaking hearts. Use and dump, body count increasing. I don't know what it is or whatever decisions you have made, but please check the roots of the matter and let's fix it today. Okay, so you need to shake off whatever guilt, whatever condemnation that is holding you down and not allowing you live the life God has called you to. For some people, past mistakes, past errors, and you're just struggling to move on from there. You are fighting very hard to move on from there because you cannot see yourself differently. Yes, you are not, the, you, you're, you're not your past. You're not who you used to be. But you, you by yourself, you can't see that. You had a certain name. You had a certain type of lifestyle. People knew you. And so that is the image of yourself that you have. But you need to see yourself differently. You need to see yourself as one who has been redeemed by Jesus. One who has been bought by his precious blood. One who has been washed clean and made whole. That you are not that person anymore. And so you don't expect to have the effects of whatever mistakes you have made in the past. For those of you who were around when I shared my God experience several months back or years back now, I guess. I spoke to you how even when I got married, I struggled. Just, I, I just believed that I won't have kids. By the time I had my first child and, you know, I had complications during pregnancy, I believed it was a result of the sins that I had committed in the past. I just struggled to accept God's love and forgiveness. And I, I don't know if you're here. You're in that same boat. But God is saying to you this morning, look, I don't remember it no more. The day you said you were sorry, that was it. The day you confessed and you told me to let it go, I did. Because when I sent my son to the cross over 2,000 years ago, your name was on that cross. Your journey was on that cross. And so he can't afford for you to stay there because you are shortchanging yourself when you stay in that place of guilt and condemnation. As such, you need to move on from there. For some people, so what, what do we do with our anger? Don't deny it. Um, don't justify your bad behavior or sin. I've spoken about that. And then make sure you deal with the issue um, as much as possible. Seek help where necessary. Seek help. I mean, thank God in our generation, we're a bit more open to, 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 to receiving help. If you need to go to a ther therapy session, if you need to speak to counselors, we have our counselors here. Dolakpo is one of our counselors, Pastor Beard. We have counselors here, Pastor Femi. Just find someone to talk to. And if you need to seek professional help, because you have serious anger issues. I have seen relationships that, could, that potentially could have led to marriage, beautiful marriages. I've seen them break because of anger issues. Someone did not think that they had anger problems. Very quick to break things. Very quick to break things. Very quick to shove and push. No woman wants to be in that situation. Once it's, the sign is seen, and I'm speaking to the men in the house, and, and I know life point men were different. You guys are blessed, um, solid men. But perchance, if there's anyone who's struggling with anger issues, 
please deal with it. Prayerfully seek God's face regarding it. If you need to undertake an anger management class, please, by all means, do it. Because no one wants to feel like she is imprisoned or she's, she, she has to deal with that for the rest of her life. And same thing too for the women, because anger is not, does not respect gender. You are the one that carries pots and pans when the argument goes sour. If that is you, fix it. Okay, so past successes are also sometimes part of the things that hold us down. And just applying this to our businesses or our relationships or, or, or our careers, let me put it that way now, businesses and careers. Or even your educational development. You went to a fancy Ivy League school. First degree, second degree, maybe even third degree, self. You know, you have everything it takes. You work at a very good organization. And you think you have, har you have arrived. That is all there is. And so, the small that you have, you have some millions. Maybe even, not in Naira, thousands in, in dollars. And so, you carry your shoulder. Your shoulder pad very high. Nobody can talk to you. Nobody can, you know, speak to you a certain way. You only roll with a certain type of people. It is a way to limit ourselves from enjoying the benefits of, of you know, uh, beneficial relationships. It is a way to limit ourselves from getting to the next level because you are stuck on the success of today. You are struggling. You wrote a book, it's jammed, bam. Or you wrote a song, it's, you know, it's hit. Several million copies sold, bam. Or you are the youngest CEO that ever liveth, bam. Whatever it is that you have achieved, God is saying to you, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started with you. So can you... Open up yourself to the more that exists in him. Would you open up yourself to and allow him just use your life story? Let him paint pictures on the canvas of your life and paint a beautiful picture, follow you through on that journey. But some of us, our successes have allowed us just sideline God. We've taken him out of the picture because we believe that we have done this all by ourselves. It's our intellect, you know, it's, it's, it's because of who we are. We're smart like that. And I'm reminded of what Paul says in uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Yet, my brothers, I do not consider myself to have arrived spiritually, nor do I consider myself already perfect. I mean, if Paul would say that he has, he does not consider himself that he has achieved anything in terms of spiritual work with God. Just applying that to your own life, in your business, in your career. If someone like Paul, with everything that he knew, you know, everything that he was, everything he had done, would say, I don't think I have arrived. I am just getting started on this journey. Then who are we? So can we borrow a leaf from Paul and just humble ourselves and let God, you know, do with us as he pleases. Let him manifest his glorious, his glorious nature through us. Because that's what he wants to do. That the little you have achieved or the much you think you have achieved is actually little in the scheme of things in God's sight. And God is looking at it. In fact, it's as though he has the map of your life on, in front of him. And you're just like what? One, one, one twentieth or something. One over twenty of, of your entire journey. And he's like, 
you are stuck here. This is not the plan. This is the plan. But you have refused to move here because of this small chinking in success. So let's not let our past successes hold us down. In fact, I call it the stronghold of success because we have seen people this has happened to. And I'm just going to borrow a leaf from, from business, the, the business world, you know. We've had people, corporations in the 80s, you know, the likes of Kodak, the likes of Polaroid, you know, the likes of Compaq, people who, corporations that existed and were doing amazing things, created ingenious products back then, but they just refused to innovate. So, applying that to our individual lives, how are you innovating? How are you becoming better? What are you doing? Or have you become very comfortable in, in your current situation that you think this is all there is? There's nothing more. God is saying to you there is more. Okay, so moving on from negative emotions, I want us to just look at ne necessary endings very quickly. Necessary endings. Um, there are certain businesses you may have started. Maybe a job you're currently in at. Uh, maybe in the course of running your business, you have unreliable employees. Uh, it may even be in your relationships. Or behavioral patterns, negative habits that you currently have, that you need to give up in order to be able to move forward. In order to move forward, you need to give up certain things. You need to give up certain relationships. They are called necessary endings. And they are necessary because they have an impact on your journey. If you don't let them go, you stay stuck there. I remember um, several years back, one of my, um, someone reached out to me, apparently was a referral from one of my clients. And he, so he wanted to restructure his organization. And so he had, he had reached out to me, it was a medium scale business. And he wanted me to help with some human resource, um, the element of the work. And, by the time I had my first meeting with him, I realized I would really, really and truly, what the man wanted was for me to come and fire one in-law or some family member that has that started a business with him because he couldn't do it himself. Because, I mean, our first session, he spoke extensively about how this guy had been loyal to the business, started with him when they had nothing, when they started from some small shop and all, but he's at the place where the business has then outgrown the man. But the man is not allowing the business thrive because he's trying to recruit young people, smart people into the organization, but they're not staying because of this man. You know, and I find that sometimes we have that representation in our lives or in our circumstance. There's that relationship you, you, you know you need to move away from because he's your, I can't even use the word you guys call it these days, but you know, he's just your sleeping partner. That's a more uh, polite way of putting it. Or yeah, camera, I don't even know what to call it, but it sounds better that way. But that's who the person is. And so just because you know you don't want to give up that aspect of your life, you stay stuck there, but you're not moving forward. You cannot have a successful relationship if that part of your life still exists. Okay, so what are those? I, I need for us to begin to think. What are those, um, what are those situations that we need to see there? That, what are those situations you need to work on this week to ensure that it comes to an end? Because them, you remaining in them is not helping you. It's not helping your destiny. You are not able to move forward. So is it a relationship? 
Is it an employee that needs, you need to let go? Is it a, you know, so in fact, for some people, you have been living with your parents. And it's not a bad thing to live with parents, by the way. But you, have, you are so reliant on, on, on parental support. I saw one of the messages from the Hangouts, um, the Hangout conference that was held a few weeks back for singles, where the man said, there's a way you can live in your parents' house, but you are already preparing to live and to cleave. You're already beginning to mentally prepare for marriage. Not that the one that you are, you are dependent on them for everything. And you're not a, you're not a secondary school. You are a full-grown, able-bodied man or woman with a good job. But you have not mentally begun to recalibrate your head for how you can be independent. We're not saying move out. But how are you helping with the bills at home, for example? You know, how are you showing what, what, what is the sense of responsibility you have begun to display? Don't wait until you are in a relationship or you are in marriage before you start to learn these things. So what are those things that need to come to an end? To spice up your life, to live a peaceful and productive life, you need to deal with entanglements. I'm going to dwell here a bit, people of God. And the very many wrong ships that you are in. For the longest time also, I struggled with the whole concept of thing. Koyemi. For the benefits of, in case we have uh, some people joining us from the abroad that you don't understand my Yoruba, I don't understand what it means when you say we have a thing. What does that mean? We are what? We are talking. Oh, that's what it means. But we're talking to a lot of people. So what does, why do I have to specifically say it's a thing? You know, so you ask someone, are you guys dating? What exactly is going on? Can you define what you have? Oh, no. So we, we just have a thing. We have a thing. That's one type of ship. Now there's the other ship of the situationship. It's, a, it's not a relationship, it's a situationship. And I find that it's so rampant these days. You talk to a lot of young people and they're in a situationship. For the benefit of those who don't know what a situationship is, let me help you. In case you don't know what you are in, it's a situationship. All right. Um, so it says... It is more than just dating and almost a relationship, but it's not quite as it seems. What has what that statement I just read out now? What does it mean? Nothing. Nothing. It's not a relationship, but you're not quite dating, and it's not what it seems. What does that even mean? And then it's a place that essentially no one has figured out yet. Why are you confused and you don't know what you want with your life? So here are some clues to help you know if you're on this ship that isn't quite headed anywhere. You have never been on a proper date. You don't have a title. When someone would ask the both of you what you are, your responses are very awkward and you're like, we're just taking things one day at a time. We're going with the flow. We're not into labels. Ha! You haven't had one chance. And I find that more often than not, forgive me guys, I love you all so much but i find usually when there's no labor when it's not defined it's mostly from the men i may be wrong but most times i'm not saying that's what it is all the time i mean some women are bold and badass these days they really don't care they are they would call the shots in that regard but i'm saying what it is is more often than not the men don't want to label anything they say let's just let's just you know in fact then you hear things like we don't want anybody to know let's just you know, just test it out. Let's just try. Let's see where we end at. I was like, you by yourself, full-blown blood, warm-blooded human being, child of God, you know, 
that has a, a purpose and destiny. God did not waste time creating you. He spent, he took his time to create you and fashion your life. Then somebody says to you, let's just go with the flow and you're just being strong along. Okay. You avoid discussing the future. You have feelings, but you can't quite call them love. You attend events alone. You don't seem to use your plus one privilege. You are not seeing someone else. Texting is your main form of communication. You have not met his or her friends. And you have no pictures together. I found that last one very interesting. You have no pictures together. Because I, that mean I, I can even wave it for Maybe just, you guys don't, you're not picture people. I know some people like that. They, they're not very big on taking pictures. So I can wave that one. But you see this whole, sh this, this ship that is, that has no direction. The compass was, is buried at the bottom of the sea. You need to fix it. Because it's not helping you. It's not helping your destiny. God has more in store for you. You are worth more. I mean, you cost your cost. If you want to quantify your cost, you are, you, you, I don't even know how to put the grammar, but you are worth the blood of Jesus. That's what I'm trying to say. The precious blood. And then your parents sent you to school. You are fine as you are, just beautiful like that. Some people have very unrealistic expectations. You want a Mother Teresa. The heart of a Mother Teresa in the body of a Beyonce. Let her now come and be, you know, very rich like Oprah. In one woman, the Lord is with you. The women, you also are not left out. Because you know what, you, know what you want. All, your, all that you're tall, dark and handsome. Or light-skinned, um, light light tall and handsome. With a six-pack. GQ. When he stands like this, you want the man that women, other women turn to look at. And yet you are very jealous. I don't understand it. So, let's fix this ship. Because your destiny is more important than messing around. And not knowing what it is. I mean, I, I, I've heard different things. I've heard different stories. People have cried premium tears on top of the situationship matter. But I, I, by the time I'm done listening, sometimes I feel like, but you put yourself in here. Because you need to be self-aware first. You need to know who you are. You need to know where you are headed. Before you join your ship with somebody else's. You need to know where you're headed. You need to know what you want out of life. You need to know what you are worth. Because when you don't have any value placed on you, you will live your life anyhow. And that's what happens a lot of times. And so we can spare ourselves the premium tears. We can spare ourselves the heartache. In fact, just while preparing for this, someone needs to stay single. And let me explain. You have really never been single all your life. You have always been in a relationship or another just as one is ending you're jumping into another one and i don't know if it's male or female but you need to take some time and just discover who you are just chill slow it down absolutely slow it down and if you're here today and you're wondering well i've been i've slowed it down for quite a while now nothing has happened nobody has even looked in my direction or looked my way what i would say to you is this God has a plan for your life. 
And I know it's, it probably sounds cliche, you've heard it so many times, but that is the reality, that is the truth. God has a plan for your life. And sometimes we need to be content in that knowledge. A lot of times we make very costly mistakes because we have refused to be content. We are driven by our emotions and our desires. We want to be like certain people. We want to, you know, we, we want to be labeled too. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to want to, you know, be in a relationship that is leading to marriage. Absolutely not. But you see, there's a way you can be pressured or society can pressure you into making the wrong decisions. And you end up just being at a really bad place. And what happens is that time that you could have spent either developing yourself, either adding value to yourself, to your society, to your community, picking up a project, you know, just doing something that is giving you fulfillment and joy and enjoying God's love and learning how to be a good wife or a good husband in the process. You have, you have wasted that process by being hooked to a ship that wasn't sailing anywhere. And so just to wrap this all up, we may miss the opportunity to start a new season or life cycle because we will not bring the old season to a close. I mean, think about what God might be calling you to do in the future, but cannot begin until you have shut the door on something in the present. Guys, God has a plan. And for us to walk in the fullness of all that God has for us, certain doors you will need to shut. You will need to close certain doors, whether it's in business, whether it's in your career, whether it's in your relationship or your situationship or your sleeping partner arrangements or whatever it is. You are going to need to fix something this week. Okay, um, I'm going to read the story of the, of Jesus Christ and the young rich ruler in Matthew chapter 19. It says, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth, but what do I still lack? What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And I feel like some of us, are sorrowful already at this message, just knowing the things that, and as you're seated, the Holy Spirit is already beginning to reveal to you and to speak to your heart about those necessary endings, the things that you need to do, the doors you need to shut. And like this young rich ruler, you're already sad. I mean, this guy had material wealth. He, he checked the box when it came to religion, but there was no heart connection. Because that was what Jesus was asking for here. Give up everything you have and follow me. And it's the same message to someone here today. Give up everything you have. You have prioritized the wrong things like this guy. 
He had prioritized wealth. He, he prioritized wealth over a relationship with Jesus. And that's what it is. Because he would not have been sorrowful. If wealth was not a big deal to him, if material possessions were, was not a big deal to him, if sex was not a big deal or is not a big deal to someone, you will be willing and excitedly ready to make those adjustments. But you're struggling right now in your thoughts and your heart and you're like, God, how? Is, how, how? I can't even do without this. I can't do without substances. I can't do without, you know, this situationship. I can't. I can't do without a certain type of lifestyle because it gives me pleasure. I'm, I'm, I enjoy it. My flesh enjoys it. This higher calling you are asking for, can he wait? What God is saying to you today, it's high time you began to prioritize me. Nobody saw the events of this year. I mean, some people prophesied and said they saw it. But a lot of us didn't. God said it was a year of new beginnings. That was what he said to us. And with new beginnings, guys, there has got to be a closure. There has got to be an end before there is a beginning. And so what are the things that need to end in your life, in your journey, so that you can enter into the fullness of all that God has for you? So that you can be the one that he called you. So that you can enjoy the peace that he so wants to give you. The peace that is available to you. The joy that is available to you. So you seize from all your labor and all your sweat and all your, you know, trying to make it work. Jumping into one relationship after another. And you just think it is by your efforts. You need to enter into rest. Okay, so what decisions are you afraid to make because of the consequences? What actions are you afraid of taking because of the impacts that it might hurt someone or it might challenge you? What changes are you hesitating to make because of how they might affect you? What is the insecurity that you're currently dealing with which is causing you to avoid action? Are you afraid that your decision will be unpopular and that others will not like you anymore? Your friends, your gang of friends, will no longer find you attractive because you have chosen to walk the straight and narrow? Do you fear potential anger or backlash? And are you afraid of getting hurt? I'm just going to, I mean, before we, we, we pray, because we do need to pray this morning, I'm, I'm going to ask also. You see, when Jesus would describe in John 15, when he would describe the pruning process, Ultimately, it was for our benefit because he would say in his word that the branches that don't bear fruit, his father prunes. A lot of us shy away from pruning because it is painful. We shy away from pruning because we don't want to undergo the pain. And so we don't submit to the pruning process. But may I encourage you this morning that you let the Holy Spirit do his work in you this week. Because I know without a doubt that he will start to show you the areas that you need to fix. He will show you the process you need to undergo to enter into joy, to enter into peace, to enter into rest. The things that, the conversations you need to have, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in your family relationships, the siblings you are no longer speaking with, the parents that you don't speak to, that you don't have anything to do with, whether it's in business, 
whether it's in, in your career, He will reveal to you as long as your heart is open and ready and willing to receive. He will reveal to you this week. Church doesn't start and end today, guys. Throughout the week, the Holy Spirit would have conversations with you regarding what you have heard today, regarding the seeds that have been sown in your heart. And so it is important that you pay attention. It is important that you open up your heart and let the Lord do His work in you. Let Him prune you. Because you come out better. You come out stronger. You come out glorious. You come out refined in the pruning process. Your character is developed. And so may I encourage you all to submit to pruning. I know I said lastly before, but I promise you this is the very last thing and then we'll pray. What is the ultimate spice? I mean, we've spoken about different types of spices in the last four weeks. But what is that ultimate spice you need for your life? It is love. Just preparing for this, you know, I sense that there are some people who feel like they don't have the capacity to receive or to give love. Because they have tried over the years and it just looks like nothing is coming out of it. But may I say to you that whether you like it or not, for as long as you belong to God, love is in your DNA. You are a love being. A love being that is born of a love God. God is love. He's the one that enables and gives you the capacity to, to receive and to give love. Okay, so you need to love him first. Scripture says that he first loved us, but you need to love him. If you have been trying to, you know, come up higher, if you've been trying to, you know, um, attain heights that you believe you can, outside of God, you will struggle. So may I encourage you today that at the end of it all, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your marital destiny, whatever it is, that you submit your heart to God if you don't have a vibrant relationship with Him. You have got to love God and then you have got to love people. You see, the best, the, the, the businesses that have thrived over centuries that are still standing, if you go and check their vision and their mission, underlying it, so you don't see things like we want to be the first premier, something, something, something in Africa. We want to be the biggest. It's usually about the people, more often than not. If you see their core values, it speaks to people. How they can solve problems, how they can help people, you know, be, become better. How they can, whether it's through the use of technology, ease the burdens of people. It's about people. And you see, God will commit resources into the hands of the one who is passionate about people. He will commit resources because he's looking for people to partner with him to solve world problems, to solve global problems. You probably wonder why certain people have the kind of wealth that they do and they don't necessarily have a vibrant relationship with God. Go and check what drives them usually. I mean, aside bottom line, yeah, obviously people get into business and want to make money. But see the dimension things are taking now. There was some billionaire we read about a couple weeks back who feels very fulfilled now that he's broke. Why? Because he has given out all his wealth. But you are here and you think your life is just, to, your life's goal is to make it into Forbes list of 100. 500 most influential men and women, you know, or, or, or richest men and women, not even influence now, richest men and women. That's all you're, you're running for and, and, and chasing after. But God is saying to you, 
love is what is fundamental. So love God, love people, and lastly, live a fulfilling life. That is the life God has called you to. Fulfill destiny. It is extremely important that you fulfill destiny. But you cannot know your destiny outside of a vibrant relationship with God. You can't know the things he's called you to. You will struggle. And so if you're here today, may I ask all eyes closed, all heads bowed. If you're here today and, and, and you just want to renew your relationship with the Father, can I ask that just raise your hand. And you're doing this not for me. You're doing this obviously for God because he's absolutely worth it. He's worth it. He's, he loves you very much. And if you want to fix this relationship you have with him, you need him to help you, even with the relationships in your life that are not currently working. You need him to help you with the necessary endings. May I ask that you just lift your hand up. And you're doing this just so that our counselors can help you on this journey. Just show of hands, show of hands. Just lift it up and I'm going to say a prayer with you. And if you're online, and you're looking to fix your relationship with Jesus. You want, you want him to take over your life. You want him to be Lord over all. You want to live for him. You want him to help you in all of your ways. May I ask that you just put in the comment section and our counselor will reach out to you. Just say, I need you, Jesus. And if your hand is up, may I ask that you just begin to say, I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus, to come into my heart. I need you to turn my life around. I am nothing without you. I have lived hopelessly. I've lived aimlessly. I have been careless with my life. I, I, I have chased after the wrong things. Like this young rich ruler, I have prioritized the things that don't necessarily matter over and above the things that matter. And so today, Lord, I'm asking, if your hand is up, can you do it well so that our counselors can see you and they can help you on this journey, help you know more of the Lord, help you, you know, just journey with you in revealing who he is to you if that is you can i ask that you just begin to pray and say god i'm asking that you take over my life in the name of jesus help me make the right amends and by extension can we all begin to pray can we all begin to pray and and we're saying father we are today we're saying lord an end has come to rejection an end has come to guilt an end has come to shame in the name of jesus i refuse to be held down by the shackles of condemnation in the name of the lord jesus i declare over my life that i refuse to be stigmatized if you're currently suffering any time of any type of shame or stigma you know friends have called you a name people have called you a name and today you're saying father i rid myself of this name i rid myself of this stigma in the name of jesus and i declare that i fulfill destiny that which has been written concerning me in the volume of the book i declare that is my reality in the name of jesus i live my life to the fullest i will not allow anything pressure me out of your will for my life in the name of jesus i will not giving to manipulation I will not cut corners I submit myself to the process I submit myself to your pruning in the name of Jesus and so we're saying father speak to our hearts Lord help us to know that you know you are at work in us making us willing and able to please you making us willing and able to live for you in the name of Jesus someone needs to begin to command the flow of grace in your life begin to declare that you enjoy grace you enjoy great grace to live a life 
of purity. You enjoy great grace to live a life where you are separated and completely dependent on God. You live a life to follow through with the process and the journey that God is taking you on. Declare that you are a love being. If you're struggling to love here, you're struggling to accept love, to receive love, to give love. Begin to declare that you enjoy the love of God. The love of God overwhelms you and that he teaches you how to love. He teaches you how to receive love. He teaches you how to receive help in the name of Jesus. I want someone, can we just take this declaration together very quickly? I arise because my light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon me. Nothing will hold me down again because the light of God is shining upon my path. Fear will not hold me down. Anger will not hold me down. Sin will not hold me down. Shame will not hold me down. Feelings of inadequacy will not hold me down. Condemnation will not hold me down. I break free. I am set free. My light breaks forth in the name of Jesus. Therefore, I declare that joy is my portion this season. Peace is my portion this season. For my shame, God is giving me double honor. An end has come to a season of shame. An end has come to a season of bitterness in my life in the name of Jesus. Can you just lift up your hands and begin to bless the name of the Lord and say thank you Father because I know you have done it. I receive all that my mouth has boldly declared and I begin to walk in the manifestation of this. I declare my light breaks forth. My health springs forth speedily. The glory of the Lord is risen upon me and mine. And we declare this over every person under the sound of my voice, whether online or physically present here, and by extension, every member of the Life Point Church. We declare the glory of the Lord is risen upon you in this quarter in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we have prayed and agreed. Amen. 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 Would you just celebrate Jesus in the house? Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.